Hey guys, do you have time to do a little chin wag before we start the show? Of course, Mr. Muscles. We always have time to chat with you. Yeah, Mr. Muscles. Chatting with you is like removing a splinter from the finger of our souls. As always, well said, Brent. As always, thank you, Catherine. That's nice, guys. But, believe it or not, there were some mistakes in last week's intro. No! You never make mistakes, not even one time in your whole life. Look, other people make mistakes. You make data to study and learn from. I know, I know, but I really want to get this right. So I've hired an entire research team, and this week we've put together an intro that is finally correct. So let's open up the new script, start the show. You are listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate, and I'm the number one animal agent in Hollywood. I've worked with all the big boys, Beethoven, Pete's Dragon, and the entire cast of March of the Penguins. I specialize in mammals and marsupials, but I've done a little frog work in my day. One drawback of the industry I work in is that I get paid in the currency that corresponds to whatever animal I'm working with. So say if I do a dog movie, I get dog dollars. If I do a bird movie, I get bird bucks. Luckily, my dog has a normal day job at the bank and she earns enough human bucks for the both of us. Speaking of cute little pups that are put on little outfits and pretend to be human every day, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent and I'm a jazz guy. I like listening to jazz and telling people about the jazz versions of normal songs. I smoke clove cigarettes and wear hats that you can only buy in Europe. When someone tells me they don't like jazz, I tell them that they need to listen to the notes that aren't being played, and also the instruments that aren't being played, and the lyrics that aren't being sung. You gotta learn to listen to all the stuff that's not there. <laughs> like motorcycle noises and the horn that honks when a hockey team scores a goal. When you can hear all that stuff, you know you're really jazzing. That being said, I want everyone to know that I'm not a jazz snob. I also like the Star Spangled Banner <laughs> and the one song where it stops in the middle and that guy says tequila. And I'm Nate. Let's start the show. currently doing a podcast this is what it sounds like when we're doing a podcast this is the north american friends movie club uh it's right there in the title of our show before movie club comes friends so friends how are you doing friends romans countrymen lend me your ears sure (laughs) it is the day after mother's day and so i shall lead the friendship circle with a tribute to myself, a mother, one with the earth, the deliverer of Juliet into the world. And I am well. Yeah. Thank you. You had a good day? I had a great day. I really did. I'd like to know as many details as possible. Did you do natural birth? <laughs> God damn it. I was taking a sip of water. <laughs> or did you get to C-section? Um, I pushed my baby out with my baby pushing muscles and, uh, she, she came out of me and she looked exactly like Gollum. She was all arms and legs and like spread out immediately. Punched over eating a fish in a brook. <laughs> and I did not know you can't ever prepare for something like that. And it hurt really bad. And then they overdid the spinal tap. So I didn't feel anything. I was I was in labor and in a lot of pain and then they did the spinal tap and I was so exhausted that I literally took a nap while I was in labor Hell yeah. and they had to wake me up to push. And then they had to tell me when to push. Cause I couldn't feel because of the spinal tap was weird. And then they finally, and I was like pushing, I was pushing, I was pushing. And I know I pooped, but everyone told me I didn't, but I could tell that I did poop. I was, that was my, that was my, literally my next question. 
This is what I put. I didn't see it, but I felt, yeah. I feel like I could, I don't know. Did it feel like good after the baby came out? Like, did everything just go right back? I don't know how to explain it. You feel empty. Like, and your belly is still the size it was because nothing has contracted yet. So you have like mm-hmm. this big mush belly that I really was, I did not like that part. I was not prepared for. And then your vagina, like your whole downstairs is like so swollen and tired and like, but our bodies are made to do that. That's the remarkable thing, right? Like, it was spectacular. Like, it was super cool. Like, I think it's so cool that we can create life. Like, I like I look at my daughter sometimes and I'm like, you are not here be- unless I was here. Like, you don't exist without me. And not like a rude oh, way. Oh, she owes you. No, <laughs> no she no, owes no. you big time. No, let's get real. She <laughs> owes you big time. No, there's a lot of parents that have that thought. I don't feel that way. It's kind of like I was a conduit. I was a conduit for her to exist. Not like Mm -hmm. I owe her. I I don't own her, but like, I don't know. I was like a portal from the heavens to earth for her. What did you do for the celebration of the portal? Portal day. (laughs) Spa location. (laughs) (laughs) She made me toast and then she... Uh, let me nap for a little bit, and then I made us cinnamon rolls, and then I took another nap, <laughs> and then and then I got up and we hung out, and then I got I took a shower and got all pretty, and then she and Nick and I and my parents we all went to a very fancy dinner, and it was lovely. It was a great day. What did you order? Um, I got uh, it was it's the equivalent of basically seafood pasta. Mm-hmm. It was a, it's like a seafood restaurant. And for those local to Kansas City, we went to Pier Ponds in Union Station. Thank you. You're talking very cryptic tonight. She just literally gave the exact location of the restaurant she went no, to. No, she said it was equivalent to a seafood pasta. What does that mean? Mm. Well, they had a different name. It didn't say seafood pasta on the menu. Well, give me, what, kind of, what kind of seafood was it? Well, I actually didn't love it because it was a red sauce, and I normally oh, I, I prefer a cream based or yeah, I would have butter. assumed yeah. So that was yeah, a little see, weird. I'm different. I'm different. You'd rather have the red seafood pasta. Well, I would never get seafood pasta if it got, yeah. I was going to say you just want the red pasta. <laughs> you basically you just want like noodles and sauce. I did have mussels in a marinara sauce, and they were delicious. Mm-hmm. I, there were mussels in there, scallops, shrimp. All sorts of good stuff. Oh, uh, squid. Yeah, there was squid in there, too. It was good. And what did you do for your mother, Brent? I bought her her traditional gift of a hanging basket she gets every year. Like for flowers? Yeah. In the garden? Yeah, it hangs up. They hang it up in their, in, on their front step. I saw those at Home Depot the other day, and they are not cheap. No, they're not. They're, it's all right, though. She, I was a, she used my conduit to life. Yeah. I came out of the portal. The spawn right. location. And then that's that's the traditional gift for the conduit is the hanging basket. Well, and I guess you got to do two gifts. What'd you get, Mel? Um, a Sephora gift card. Ooh. And I made like a brunch thing that I make on special occasions. It's delicious. Mm. Let's hear the menu. It was, it's just a big, it's like a, a big, I take a cast iron skillet and I put like, I chop up potatoes and peppers and onion and cook them. And then I had bacon in there, and then I cracked eggs on them, and then put cheese over it and baked it. Mm. Delicious. Did you do anything? Did... Yeah, I was going to ask Nate about his mama. I went and did uh, manual labor for my mother, the gift of manual there labor. There you go. I went and cleaned out her yard and moved a bunch of stuff around and poured a bunch of pots in a big pile. And I also gave her a uh, what she wanted, which was gardening tools and a watering can. I want to. I want to get my mother. Uh, I want to do the, the raised garden bed for my mother. Maybe I'll just do it, and I'll. Just, it won't be a. It just be a gift for anything. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be a project for me. Kate, why don't you tell us what movie we watch this week and the theme of our new month? June is for smooching and for romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. And my choice is the preeminent romantic comedy. Uh, also, Mother Susan, my conduit and portal into this world. Her favorite movie is You've Got Mail. So would you like me to move forward and 
explain the plot of You've Got Mail. I would. This movie takes place in the late 20th century, before the turn of the millennia, in the 1990s New York West Side, where a young gal by played by Meg Ryan is the owner of a children's bookshop. Around the corner is being built a monstrosity of capitalism by the name of Fox Books, which is owned by a man named Joe Fox. Coincidentally, Meg Ryan and, what's her name? Kathleen. Kathleen and Joe. Kathleen and Joe uh, both go onto the internet, unhappy in their current relationships, and enter into a chat room for over 30 adults, or over the age of 30 adults, where they start chit-chatting, but they do not share anything about their personal lives. One thing leads to another. Kathleen's shop gets closed down because of the mighty, horrible, capitalist box store. But then we find out that Joe is the man she's been talking to. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. They fall in love, and at the end, they get together. And it's a wonderful story. The end. Why don't we start our first segment, which is, uh, let's talk about our favorite parts. Favorite parts. Did anyone have any? There's parts of this movie that I enjoyed. I, it's, it's a strange movie. Very strange. I think this movie is impossible without Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Like if this, if, if the role that Tom Hanks played in this movie was played by, I think literally anybody else on planet earth, I would hate that man so much. I'd be cheering against these two. I'd be cheering for divorce. Yeah. This movie is good because of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. No question for sure. Did you guys pause the movie during the credits to see if the Twin Towers were on the, the map of New York? No. I did not. Yeah, I stopped the movie 30 seconds in. I got on the Reddit forums. I said, where are these towers? Because uh, they're not in there. I thought, did they did they go and re-edit this movie without the towers? No. We just don't see on the map where the Twin Towers would have been. So mm. for any conspiracy theorists out there, I just want to know I already did the legwork and it's okay. I didn't even consider that. First thing I thought of. <laughs> Because someone else want the truth, you know? When she got online, it made me so nostalgic for early like internet. Yes. What is your what were your guys' um AOL screen names? I never had AOL. We got MSN Messenger. That was mm. like my first messaging online thing. Yeah. What was your name? I think I was Frosted Frog. <gasps> Johnny Volcano. Oh, what is frosted frog? It was a type of beer that was around here. You're like 14. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I never had it, but it, it quickly went away. Um, and then Johnny Volcano. Um, it, but the 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 ringtone, like the dial tone, and the do do you guys know I used to work for MSN? No, at a call center, I used to troubleshoot dial up connections. That's how fucking old I am. I used to I used to troubleshoot listen young people I used to troubleshoot dial up internet connections for Microsoft. You couldn't be on the phone and on the internet at the same time young people. Nope. Yeah, so like and that was the good thing with the job I had to hang up with them just so they could test their connection. Pass it off. <laughs> but then I got to a, like, I got to be a tier 2 specialist so yeah I know Ooh. if you call in and the person couldn't solve the problem they were transmitted to me. Mm, then you, I bet you were grumpy as fuck. I was so fucking grumpy. Because <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like, I don't know. And actually, cause I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to fix anything. I just, I'm reading a script. And they then you get those idiots that are like, oh, I work with computers all day. I'm like, then why are you on a dial-up connection? Right. Like, what are we but, doing here, bro? Yeah. I'm like, why are you, are you calling me? Yeah. Because I'm literally reading for a script. You know I am. This makes sense because you were very... Um, Angry at having to speak to somebody about your tubes a few weeks ago. Because, remember? But that's that's light and day. That's like I was 
cave in a cave with a stick and a rock. These people are, are Star Wars technology now. That's different. How did you guys feel about when Meg Ryan would get angry? I thought it was not believable. And I don't think Meg Ryan gets angry in real life, maybe. She's too cute about it. I had forgotten how charming Meg Ryan is. Like, she's yeah. just a very gentle, charming person. I'm not. You know me. I don't like Meg Ryan. Never said I liked Meg Ryan. Not really into blonde hair. Okay. She was absolutely just cute as a button, charming. Loved her. I couldn't get... I, in fact, I was like, I hope Meg's in the next scene because I can't get enough of this Meg Ryan character. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen... Had you seen this movie, Brent? No. Why would I ever watch this movie? <laughs> had you seen it, Nate? I saw this movie, like, probably ages ago when it was on TV three years after its release or something like that. But Did you guys think it was romantic at the end? I was genuinely confused at the very end. I got stuff to say about that. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I got because one of my one of my first notes is the I, I it took me a long time to get over the music at the beginning of the movie, like the score, because oh. I just wrote down woodwinds too sprightly. <laughs> they were just way too sprightly for That's my such a neat sentence. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm going to play a clip of these sprightly woodwinds and you're going to listen. And next week you're going to issue me an apology. Be like, you're right. When you're right, you're right. I feel like, so this is a Nora Ephron movie and she is, known for uh romantic comedies and i think she must have the same music person because it's it's like the music was so romantic comedy music i don't know how to describe it it was like whimsical like i yes i didn't know what to do with myself yeah it's not it for for a movie that's really kind of grounded in reality it wasn't at all oh did you see that butterfly that was on the subway no Remember, she was she was reading about the email, and she talked about seeing a butterfly, and then she saw one inside the subway when she was sitting there. Uh, that was the worst prop I've ever seen in a movie. And the the, the bobbing for apple scene, remember that when he was had the kids out bobbing for apples? Mm-hmm. They don't ever do that now. That's an old timey thing. Could you imagine that mouth soup? Whew. Yep. Even when I was a kid, I knew you're like, you want me to stick my mouth in where? Never, never occurred to me at all. Have you guys bobbed for apples before? Yeah. I've been, it's really difficult. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've been doing it wrong my whole life. That kid went and got the stem. So smart. He he popped his head up and he was holding the apple the stem. I was like, holy shit. I'm in there like a fucking snake dislocating my jaw and <laughs> drinking everyone's water. You got to push it to the side to get it up against the side to then take the bite. Can't do it. it. Could never do it. How do you guys feel about Greg Kinnear? He was the worst character. I love Greg Kinnear as an actor. His character was miserable. Yeah, horrible. He was, I liked him more than the Tom Hanks character, though. But Tom Hanks is just so charming that, but if I had to choose between the two dudes to hang out with, I would hang out with Greg Kinnear. Horrible, but mm. not as bad as Captain Free Market. What was wrong with Tom Hanks' character? He was, he was mean and rude and manipulative. Extremely manipulative. Yep. Yep. Do you guys find it funny that the um, this movie's based about the internet and how like big markets are like pushing out like the mom and pop shops and all that? But in twenty years, the internet would have pushed them both out of business. Yeah, that's what Nick was saying. He was like, "They don't even have big stores like that anymore, and the smaller ones survive now." And I was like, "You know what? That's a very good point." And Tom Hanks's store would have got what it deserves because hey, he didn't give a fuck, and guess what? Bezos gives even less of a fuck. Okay, let's say you're really good at some kind of hippie whimsical stuff that you would like, like making hacky sacks or something. Okay, sure. You open up a hacky sack store, it catches on, and like people across town, they're like, I want a hacky sack. And you're like, I'm going to open up another hacky sack store. Mm -hmm. So is it your fault that you're really good at selling hacky sacks? If I open up a 
uh, around the corner from Johnny Hacks Hacky Sacks Emporium. Yeah. That's rude. Okay. That's rude as fuck. I agree. Like they don't have to open up that store. It's just greed at that point. What did you guys think about uh Tom Hanks's girlfriend whose name I can't remember, the actress. I know Parker Posey. She's always so snotty. Parker Posey, she's such a good actress, but she's so snotty and everything. Yeah. I thought she did a great job. <laughs> the whole thing it just first of all, it was 45 minutes too long. It was 2 hours long. It was long, yeah. There was so many times where I was like, just tell her that you're, and did they ever give the reason why his handle was NY152? Yeah, it was his address, I thought. Because the look on his face when she's like, or maybe it's something dumb like his address, he gives like a Tom Hanks like, "Uh uh-oh, busted. Yeah, I didn't like that he touched the apple too. I didn't like that either, Brent. Yeah, thank you, right? There's no point. Keep your hands to yourself. I don't like him, you're right. You don't like Tom Hanks or the his character, the character Joe because Fox. he he fucked with this woman's life and head so badly. I think he was in a complicated situation, though. You know what I mean? He did the legwork. He obviously likes her. His main goal, his plan, was to meet her and explain to her that it's him. Why did it take an extra hour? <laughs> did they meet did they plant like uh when they met in the cafe with the book and the rose had she already broken up with greg kinnear yes oh i don't think she wow had. if she hadn't that is wild i don't know infidelity i did write down that it was insane for her and greg kinnear to go to the restaurant before having their discussion like they're on the street and they're obviously about to break up and they're like, we need to talk. And then they went and sat down in a restaurant. I know, let's go to a public. What the fuck? <laughs> no, that was booze. No, they were lucky that they both wanted to break up because that's how you cause a scene. The only good thing that Greg Kinnear did in the movie is when he said, uh, oh, you need quiet while the hot dog is singing at the movies? Yeah. Yeah, I would have said, yeah, I actually do because <laughs> – I don't know this movie. It might not be good, but I know I enjoy the hot dog scene and I would like to see it. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I don't like people arguing at the movie theaters. That's fucked up. Especially when the hot dogs, let's all go to the <laughs> lobby. But that's a great fucking, that makes you in the mood. They play that at the drive-in I go to every summer and I'm like, okay, it's time. Oh, we don't have a drive-in here. And that's something I really wish we did have. Oh, dude, I went last summer, saw The Exorcist. I took Jeremy to see The Exorcist and Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, my God. So good. What? How old was he? 15. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, an Exorcist okay. age. I mean, I'd still be scared at 36 watching it, but. The Exorcist is scary. It's different nowadays. These kids, if they wanted to see, they could literally pick up a little box next to them and type in, man beheaded. And within 10 seconds, boom. They're not scared by, like, Linda Blair turning her head around. That happened in the fucking Bean movie, didn't it? What was the movie that we watched and someone's head spun her all the way around? Oh, it was The Jerk. Yeah. When he's at the bank. So, I mean, it's the same thing. A little bit of makeup, the same scene. Please don't confuse Bean movie for The Jerk ever again. <laughs> type of character. If you want... If you care for your life. <laughs> I'll even go on record and say the jerk is just Mr. Bean with dialogue. Okay. Yeah. He's, this, oh, okay. Is the hot, this is our well. new segment called Brent's Hot Takes. <laughs> no, think about it, though. <laughs> Both ruined lives everywhere they went. Everyone can just skip ahead. <laughs> Did the jerk not ruin people's lives? You got fucking that Jackie Mason's gas station all shot up. That wasn't his fault. Oh, don't blame the victim. You're not being an ally, is what that sounds like. I'm acting like Tom Hanks right now. Joe Fox. I wrote down uh, Tom Hanks is one of the only small-headed actors on planet Earth. Interesting. I have to look at him now. He's got a normal-sized head, but all the most actors, especially these days, they got big old noggins. I have a very small head, so I, I kind of like that take. Same, because that's why I re- that's 
I saw myself on screen for the first time. The small headed guy. I was like, oh yeah, my eyes are smushed together like that too. I got a small <laughs> little face. He does have a little smushed together eyes, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got a small. How can you tell people have big heads? Oh, you can tell. Oh, Tom Cruise? He's walking around with a fucking football helmet on that thing. Does he? Danny McBride, The Rock. Pick name and actor. They all got a big head. The heads. Rock, that head. The older, they should be calling them. Okay, so I'm looking at a picture with Jerry Bruckheimer next to Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise does have a noticeably larger head than Jerry Bruckheimer. Nate, you've stumbled across across something here. Yeah, I think I, when I wrote this down, I was like, this is commentary, baby. This is the take. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys pick up on the thing and, uh, where he's making his dad a drink towards the end of the movie, making martinis? And he, puts- and he made three. Three, but the one he had, he put an olive in it, and then it cut to his dad, then it cut back to him, and he put an olive in it again. It screwed up. Absolute amateur hour. You should message him. It's it drives me insane. Why you what there should be someone that has to watch the movie and say, Okay, continue, this is a problem. Well, isn't there a job on movie sets for continuity? There is. And I thought it was really funny because I watched this movie on Amazon Prime and Amazon Prime will like tell you facts about the movie while you're watching if you request it. And they just call this movie out like 10 times in the facts for continuity errors. They're like, you might notice in the scene that her rose is pointed one way on the book and then it jumps back and is pointed the other way. I was like dude, this is your movie. What are you doing right now? Why are you trying to sandbag these guys? And no, speaking of sandbagging, no, notice how like when she lost her job, they never even brought up the secondary characters for employees again. Yeah, good luck. I love it. I was like, oh, those fucking suckers. And the whole um, Birdie character, she didn't have to be in the movie. No, I wrote down Birdie is a real one. I have a note right here that says Birdie is a real one. I do have a, a quote she wrote down that I liked about the... Uh, daring to have a different life she didn't care though she was rich she didn't care yeah no she 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 lived quite the life already she she dated the the king of spain i feel like i'm i I think the houseboat life is the the way for me Mm -hmm. i thought the same thing brent that's so 90s isn't it houseboats houseboats And you know these guys are rich as fuck, because that boat was called Fox 3. It's the third one. Yeah, there's one and two floating around. I know, the second one was next to it, yeah. Where's the original Fox? I guess that's the old man. But I feel like that's the life. Just like, oh, I'm just, like, I feel like it'd be peaceful to sleep at night. Sure. Knowing that you're surrounded by aquatic life. Yeah. And then if you just want to be in the Bahamas, you just point the boat. To the Bahamas. Yeah. But someone then you have to be responsible for like the sail and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's part of it. Well, you have to drive the boat, captain oh, the vessel. Um yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. And kind of, I got I got another I got two more things I want to complain about about this um thing. How come every movie like this, the dog, like there's a dog, it's always like a big dog. The golden retriever. Yeah. That was, to me, uh, that was 90s dog. Why couldn't it be like a smaller dog? Are you saying this now because you got a little teeny tiny dogs? Yeah, I feel like (laughs) I want a bigger dog. I want smaller dogs to be represented. Brent's pet ownership is underrepresented Mm. in the media. I literally have the note. It's called dog representation. (laughs) (laughs) If you throw a nice pug in there. Yeah. Well, especially if you're going to live in the big city, what do you need a big dog for? Like in the tiny apartment? And then you have a houseboat. You're going to take Brinkley on the houseboat? Yeah. Come on. And um, what a wreck she was for just having a cold. Yeah. She had a man cold. That's how men act. No, there was so much cups. Like, why so many cups? So much tea. And then he follows her into her bedroom. Crazy. Sits on her bed bed. and then moves up. He did get in the door without being buzzed up. So rude. This is what I mean. If it wasn't Tom Hanks, if this was like Killian Murphy, I'd be like, hell no. Oh, my God. I wouldn't mind having a little peaky blinder at me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, there's a letter. Doing Arthur, this is perfect. Brinkley! Brinkley, come Oi, here! Brinkley! <laughs> they would have shot Brinkley within 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, this is the crossover we need. Peaky Blinder, you got mail. Yeah, we finally did it. Is there, is there a quiz? Yeah, there's a quiz. Number one. What is the name of the cafe where Kathleen waits with a book in a rose? I'm going to need multi-choices. Yeah, as am I. A. Cafe Ocean. B. La La Rose. C. Cafe Lala. D. Ocean Kitchen. Oh, they're all so 90s. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go C. I'm going to go A. He's heating up! The correct answer is C. Cafe Lala. I don't think I've won a quiz yet, so I'm. This is going to be. I'm trying. Step yeah. one complete. I just got a lead-off single. All right, number two. How old was Tom Hanks when he filmed this movie? Ooh, I'm going to have to guess. Would you like multiple choices? Yes. Yes. A thirty-nine. B forty-two. C forty-eight. D fifty. I'm going to say A39. Yeah, I'm going to say A as well. You are incorrect. The answer is 48. What? 48 years old. What? He's looking great. Yep. Maybe I take it all back now. Maybe I do like him again. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I did the math wrong, he was born in 1950, and this was 1998. Wow. So that sounds like 48 to me. That's insane. He's looking yeah. great. Okay, number three. What film did Meg Ryan star in after You've Got Mail? I'm going to say, I'm going to guess it. Can I guess it? Sure. Sleepless in Seattle? Incorrect. I don't know enough Meg Ryan movies to even just guess one, so I need the multi-choices. A, Courage Under Fire. B, French Kiss. C, IQ. D, Kate and Leopold. I'm going to guess D. I'm going to guess A. He's on fire! The correct answer is D, Kate and Leopold. Right, see? See, we, now, we just, now we put the foot on the throat. Yeah, now this is where you finish him. Yeah, foot on throat. So, Brent has two, Nate has zero. I have one. Number four. Who are Annabelle and Matthew? I know. I think I know. Go ahead, Nate. You can guess first. The two children that he babysits. Um, Can I answer now? Yes. They are his technically his brother and sister, going to be his brother and sister. No, one, the brother, I want to say it's his uncle and his sister. Okay, I'm going to give you guys some options. (laughs) A, Joe's niece and nephew. B, Joe's stepsister and stepbrother. C, Joe's aunt and half-brother. D, Joe's half-sister and uncle. D. B. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my little soul. The answer is C, Joe's aunt and half-brother. How you and Kate are tied. Kate is. Last question. I'm, I'm, oh. go ahead. What film did Tom Hanks star in after You've Got Mail? Would you like options? Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Love it. A, Saving Private Ryan. B, That Thing You Do. C, The Green Mile. D, Toy Story. So hard because they're oh. all right around this time. Oh, I, I'm going to go with D, Toy Story. I'm going to say Saving Private Ryan. Kate wins her own quiz. The answer is The Green Mile. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I could throw up on my laptop. I really could. (laughs) 
I never even thought of Kate as a competitor. <laughs> I was so focused on you. I didn't think of myself. And then she just like an assassin snaps my neck without a, I'm not even looking. Yeah, just shh. And she as she brings you down to the floor, she goes shh, shh. Yeah, yeah. Shh, 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 shh. But I'm already dead. You're already dead. <laughs> you know what the you know what the old saying is. If once you, if you see Kate, it's too late. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> I am known for my sneakiness. It's true. No, you're clomping around like a closet. Like a, you could not be sneak. Uh, you guys ready to give out some medals? Absolutely. I gave uh, my bronze medal to Gene Stapleton, who plays Birdie. Because yes. I liked Bertie, and I believed that she did have an affair with the ruler of Spain. I agree. How do you go from doing that to working at an old shitty bookstore? She was just doing it for fun. Yeah, she has all the money. It's just a hobby. I gave my uh, bronze to Dabney Coleman as Nelson Fox. Dabney Coleman, a beloved character actor. I recognized the name, but I could not place him in anything else. Nine to five. Okay. Tootsie. I have not seen either of these films, though. I would bet I would enjoy <gasps> both. Oh, my God. You've not seen nine to five. I love Dolly. Love her. Oh, my God. And isn't uh, anyway. Lily Tomlin. That's who I'm thinking of. I love Lily Tomlin. So I think I would enjoy nine to five. Brent, who gets your bronze? Um, my bronze is going to the Greg. I'm an adult Greg Kinnear. He played such a terrible character, and you have to be a good actor to do something that makes not one redeeming quality about the person. Oh, and that guy still exists. Like that's a lot of guys on Twitter are Greg Kinnear in this movie. Mike. Yeah, I feel like if you put those glasses on, those frames, you become. It makes it much easier. Mm-hmm. Mario Van Peebles, is that, what, isn't that the type of the glasses? It was the same kind that American Psycho wore. <sighs> you get it all on this. You know how we're not like the most popular podcast on the internet? Not yet. Not yet. Mario Van Peebles reference. But, you know, this is episode 12. We've almost set the record for most episodes of a podcast ever made. So we're not going to be, we're not too far away. We're not too we're far old, away from the top. The, the woodwinds were not sp- sprightly. sprightly. No, they sprightly. were yeah, too sprightly. You uh, guys, Mario Van Peebles is an actor. It's not the brand of. I knew that. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm going on about? <laughs> I knew that right away. Oh, I. But you guys know the glasses I'm talking about? They're called. Circle glasses. They're called circle glasses. Oliver Peoples. Oliver okay, Peoples. I see how you got that confused. <laughs> Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, I know. I see how you got there. <laughs> Holy okay, shit. silver, silver, silver. Uh, I gave my silver to Meg Ryan. I'm going to give my silver to Meg as well because I really liked her style. I liked her hair. I liked her face. I liked her cute little scrunched up nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't like why she's not getting my gold. Um, when she like is getting hyped up and like wanting to fight, like this, like I just that. Didn't work for you. She was fighting like a 1920s boxer, and ah. I just was. Yeah, and she's wondering why her store is getting <laughs> shut exactly. down. She's over there shadow boxing in the corner at a kid's bookstore. Exactly. Mine's Tom Hanks. Yeah, he's just a very charming. And Nate was right when he said it. Um, any other people that did this would be horseshit. Um, Sandra Bullock and. Uh, who's the all right, all right, all right guy? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Sandra Bullock, Matthew McConaughey. Okay, I would hate Matthew McConaughey, but Sandy Bullock could do no wrong in my eyes. So, I agree. My gold goes to the king, small-headed Tom Hanks, just yes. carrying this movie despite being given literally nothing to work with. And uh, he's charming. He's fun. I wish he was my papa. I love to see his son, Colin Hanks, because he reminds me of Tom Hanks. And I even like to see Chad Hanks. I was going to say, show some respect. Because, yeah, you, you know, you could tell which son got more attention, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also gave Tommy my, my gold because he is a king. He is. He's my, I think I'm going to go on record and say he's my favorite actor. Yeah, I love him. And you don't like anyone. 
I like a lot of people. That's a very common misconception about me. I think that people think that is because I I talk about people I don't like a lot. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, he's always talking about people that doesn't like. But I, I like Tom Hanks. And I'm giving my goal to Meg Ryan. I think she was just adorable in Ooh. this. Um, Do you want to put her in your pocket? I'd put her. I'd put Meg Ryan in my pocket. No, because I'm an ally and women mm, deserve to be up good front. Point, good point. Not care. You're going her <laughs> pocket. I'll go in her pocket. Yeah, yeah. good. That's I'll good support stuff. her yeah. from the hip. All right, pervert Gary. Horny Gary. Horny Gary. Uh, I'm get in her pocket. Just me and a thin piece of fabric. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to uh, give this movie a rating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think this film is going to beat Roger Rabbit. I don't think so either, but I don't think it's going to be lower than Bean. I don't think so either. Uh, the script for this movie. What did you guys think of the script for this movie? This is a classic Nora Ephron script. So uh, I'm going to give it a nine. The script is, whew, that's you're getting seven for me. I'm going to give it. It was rough, man. If, like I said, if this had been played by any guy other than Tom Hanks, it would just, I would hated this dude so much. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 6.5. Mm. It's like they had an idea and they're like, okay, let's write two hours about it. Well, this was, you know, it's, uh, it was a movie before a movie. You know what I mean? It's been remade. It's like a play and then a movie and then another oh, like movie. like a book, you mean? And then a play, and then yeah, it was a Hungarian play, oh and then they goodness. turned it into a film in 1940, and then what? another film in 1949, and then Judy Garland was in it. Really? Then it was at a Broadway musical. Yeah, it's a kind of common trope of a story. What are you talking about? The movie about dial-up internet was done in the 40s. Well, it's not, I mean, that aspect of it, it was more correspondence, right? So, so it letters. wouldn't have been the internet. It would have just been letters. That's every yeah. movie. Every, everything's about talking. I had no idea. I thought this was a, a an original Nora Ephron, but this was, this is an adaptation. What do you guys give the music in this movie? Well, we know what Nate's going to give it. Uh, I might surprise you. <laughs> I I thought, here's the thing, guys. This is a romantic comedy. So that is the lens in which I was watching mm-hmm. it. I was not watching it thinking that this is some great, this is not spirited away where I need to respect it because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to give the music an eight. Well, actually, I'm going to give it a nine because uh, when they play Somewhere Over the Rainbow, when they meet at the end, it makes me cry. So. Gotcha. That was the shittiest version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow mm-hmm. that they picked. Good grief. What do you give it, Brent? Seven. Uh, the score for this movie is miserable. It may m- give me a headache and distracted me. But all of the songs that they play are by this guy named Harry Nilsson, who I love. And that's his version mm-hmm. of Somewhere Over the Rainbow at the end. So the Harry Nelson's going to bring this up to a seven. He should stick to lime and coconut. That's his bread <laughs> and butter. Play, that, play the hits. Play what people want to hear. I uh, I love Harry Nelson and I love his story is so interesting. Like basically him and John Lennon started becoming drinking buddies after Lennon left the Beatles and they'd get super hammered with each other and then see who could scream, sing the loudest. And they both broke their fucking voices trying to out scream each other. Oh my I God. just think that's very funny. What a man. What a story about men. Men being men. Men being men. Was this before or after Coconut? So, uh, this is probably after Coconut. Yeah, I don't like this guy. Uh, the art direction in this movie. What'd you guys think? I loved her apartment. I loved just, I just, I really liked it. I'm going to give it a 10 because I liked New York. It felt like New York, but like it felt like a fancier New York, like a clean and nice New York. Rich person, New York, for sure. Yeah. So I'm giving it a 10 because I liked it. Um, I'm going to stick with my theme of seven. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like, it felt like too, like felt like a, a high school play. Like mm. 
the scenery for this the bookstore and shit. What? I was very nostalgic <sighs> for the nineties uh look. And it just Did was you give so your nice. score Kate? Yeah, she gave it a ten. Yeah, so I'm with I'm at this part of the sex of the segment, it's my score. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the name of the bookstore. I didn't like the front of it. I didn't like the inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I could see why people went to Fox Books. <laughs> I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna give it a seven. Because nothing special, but I did like to see the nineties. Mm. They're closed. They're the apartment decor. But no one, uh, no, it's it gave me friends vibes. No one's affording that apartment when you own a shitty bookstore that can't withstand uh, competition. She probably had rent controlled since it had been in her family for forty years, so the rent on that bookstore was probably not very much. Mm. And then she probably lived in the apartment that her mother had had for several decades. Yes, definitely. So. Well, then let's flip it. Let's maybe this guy did a good thing. Maybe she's got. It's time for to step out of her mother's shadow. Well, they're both nepo babies, right? They're both nepo babies. We can, yep. we can all admit that. Oh, I've already googled oligarch. Don't make me Google nepo babies. <laughs> you don't know what nepo babies yeah, are? No. That's nepotism. Nepo, do you know what nepotism means? No, 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 I don't. Nepotism is when you get a position or an accolade because your parent was in that position prior to you. So you get more advantageous treatment treated more special treated special because your parents of their their position so i hate them i hate both of them <laughs> yeah though no, they're they're not likable but unless unless you decide you want to like them because they're charming actors these two people if we weren't in privy to their love story would be the most annoying people in the world we wouldn't like them that's true no uh, as a romantic comedy, that's the genre of film. Just a straight American romantic comedy. Compared to other American romantic comedies, what do you give this film? I want you guys to go ahead. Six. I didn't laugh once. There was It was missing the comedy, but so are uh, 99% of romantic comedies. So as compared to the genre, it's an, that's an eight. That's right. It's it's a good solid romantic comedy. Hitch brought the laughs. This okay. didn't bring Hitch anything. did bring the laughs. <laughs> oh my god! I'm giving it a nine. That's our next T-shirt. <laughs> Hitch brought the laughs. Hitch brought the laughs. And then finally, our our theme of the month is June is for kissing and love and romance. Um. How well does that fit in this theme? Kissing, love, and romance. I give it a 10. I mean, they kiss. Because it's a modern movie, and it has a modern storyline, and it was still romantic, even though you two didn't like the characters. I thought it was unique, and the ending makes me so happy. When she said, I was hoping it was you. It's so sweet. I'm going to give it a uh, nine. It's there's lots of love and kissing and romance. It's, no, I'm gonna it's get, not, I wouldn't date either of them, but I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a seven because he fucked around with her too much. He did play games. He's what TLC was talking about. Scrubs. He's a scrub. This film gets a 39.3. Ooh. There you go. Let's put it on there. Which is yeah, you know, you're you're keeping track, right, Kate? Yes, thirty nine point three. Yeah. What's that below? Yep. What's do you have the list? So Land of the Lost got a thirty nine point two. Oh my god! Wow, it edged out Land of the Lost. Oh, uh, and it's and Life got thirty eight point nine. So it's two tenths above Life. Wow, two of my movies. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's better than Bean, but. <laughs> It's better than being. (laughs) So we have to choose next week's movie. Brent, do you have uh, an idea of what movie you want? I do. I do. I have the movie pick that I want to watch. Well, why don't you tell us what movie we're going to watch next week? We are going to be watching the classic movie called Pretty Woman. Wow. Sex work. And shoving some 
money in retail workers' faces. Big mistake. Huge. That means there's only one thing left to do, guys, and that's uh, say goodnight, Kate. Good night, Kate. <laughs> Good night, Kate. Welcome to Hollywood. Everybody comes to Hollywood got a dream. What's your dream? When I was a little girl, I would pretend I was a princess trapped in the tower, and then this knight on a white horse would come charging up and rescue me. Could you tell me how to get to Beverly Hills? Sure. For five bucks. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I ain't lost. All right, okay. You have change for 20? For 20, I'll show you a person. You kidding me? I come here all the time. Well, color me happy. There's a sofa in here for two. Close your mouth, dear. Who is this girl? Does she work? She's in sales. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a date. This isn't a date, it's business. That led to a deal. I have a business proposition for you. I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend the week with me. <laughs> That's becoming a dream come true. Time to shop. Get rid of your gum. All right. I don't believe you did that. You're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. So we're going to need a lot more help sucking up to us because that's what we really like. Oh. You understand me? Right? Sir, if I may say so, you're in the right store and the right city for that matter. They're two people who have no business being together. Everybody is trying to land him. Well, I'm not trying to land him. I'm just using him for sex. Just doing a little business. <laughs> Company I'm buying this week, I'm getting for the bargain price of about $1 billion. A billion dollars? Your folks must be really proud, huh? Everything was going their way. Well done! Well done! Walk, walk, walk! Until... I don't want you to go. You hurt me. Yes. Don't do it again. Something unexpected happened. What the hell is wrong with you this week? You fell in love with him, but I not teach you anything? Look, I'm not stupid, okay? I'm... I'm not in love with him. They can find your apartment and get you a car. I want more. I want the fairy tale. I thank you. I'm a very special woman. Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Gere. So what happened after? He climbed up the tower and rescued her. Julia Roberts. She rescues him right back. Pretty woman. Maybe you guys could, like, um, get a house together. Buy some diamonds. Oh! <laughs> I'm going to Google largest head headed person. John Malkovich. Oh no, I shouldn't have that. <laughs> oh.